Blog Talk Radio. It's time to open up your eyes. Open your eyes to make you wealthy and wise. You can watch your profits rise with a business enterprise. We give you what you need to know, what you need to watch your earnings grow. You can reach a record high with a business enterprise. Listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Erica Collins. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio's Enterprise, where we want to see your business rise. It's December 13th, 2020, coming to you live from New York, New York. It's been a warm week in the town that never sleeps. While some of you are still singing along to Mariah Carey's Christmas special and others are still waiting on the stimulus check, we have a wonderful show for you today with Scotland Rucker, CEO of Funkin' Tech Labs. Good evening, Scotland. Hey, good evening. Thank you for um, asking me to the show. It's great to have you. Scotland Rucker is a veteran of Creative and the University of Michigan Design Research Fellow. Scotland is a seasoned digital producer with a mastery in managing projects from inception to delivery. He worked for such brands as Microsoft Expedia, Kmart.com, Mattel's Barbie.com, before working for space and missile defense systems, then turning his management to entertainment. He won several world records for Sony PlayStation, Little Big Planet, and the first online live shooting arcade for Twisted Metal, making one of the world's most dangerous digital experiences. Once again, a welcome to the show, Scotland. Thank you. Um, that uh, that was a great uh, introduction. There. So we like to travel back into time on our show to when you were a little boy. What did you want to be? When I was a little boy, I wanted to be an artist. And I used to watch, uh, what was it? I think I used to watch Bewitched. And Darren was this you know, advertising executive, and he'd come and he'd have these crazy pitches, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. And I said, you know, I want to do something like that. I want to be able to sell silly ideas and concepts and make money at them. And, you know, here I am. <laughs> wow. I remember that show back in the day. What made you want to work in in gaming specifically? What kind of made you focus on that? Um, to be honest, I didn't really start off in games per se. Um, I started off, you know, being a traditional artist and going through, uh, I uh, got an art scholarship to the Columbus College of Art and Design in Columbus, Ohio, as a illustrator and industrial designer. Um, because I was good at illustration, um, I also had a technical mind for tinkering with things, and industrial designers was kind of like me being a um, an inventor if you will. And I thought that, you know, there's one thing to be an artist and to paint and draw. It's another thing Mm -hmm. to be an inventor and bring things to life. And for me, the greatest, the greatest artists are the ones who can take things from the imagination 
and manifest them into reality. Um, and that, to me, are, you know, the ones who are, who are the greatest. And that's what I've always wanted to do. But I wanted to do more than just bring things to life with a pencil. I wanted to see them walk. I wanted to see them talk and interact and laugh and do things. And the only medium I could really do that in, it was first cartoons and car animation. And then um, I started off with an Amiga 2000 toaster back in 1980, no, 1990. Um, I bought my first uh, computer, but it was a 2000 toaster where I could do 3D animation on it. (laughs) And I started doing those kind of things. And now I've gone to the phase where I can do animation. Um, I've always been heavily involved with comic, comic people, comic book heroes, and being able to tell stories through that medium. And I felt mm-hmm. that there wasn't an African-American presence to storytelling and animation, and I wanted to be the first one to bring our voice to this medium. Okay. How did your experiences prepare you specifically for the new venture? Um, honestly, outside of, you know, dogmatic persistence. Um, I I can't say that it's prepared me for the the gaming industry because the gaming industry is like a thousand times more than I would have ever thought. You know, it's like every day I wake up uh, drinking from a fire hose. Um, And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I figure out what I remember and what I don't remember. Um, I have friends who work for other casual game companies such as Riot Games, uh, Blizzard Games, um, those folks, and you know they they have their advance because Blizzard has you know millions of dollars and Epic has billions of dollars. Um, I'm I'm rolling with a shoestring budget, um, but where they can't compete with me is in creativity, and I know that mm-hmm. my creativity is unmatched, and that's where no one can compete with me. So. Uh, my games might be the same play, but I definitely put a great creative spin, and that's what really captures my audience. How has the coronavirus affected your business? Um, it has actually exponentially grown my business um, because people are indoors, because people cannot, um, you know, do the same social activities they've done it on their phone and mobile devices. That's how they're spending their time now. That's how they're spending their entertainment is on their phones, is on their devices. And that's, you know, that that's my sandbox. That's where I play. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, I've, I've been doing the whole game thing. Um, I got approached by a couple other folks because I'm doing uh, virtual reality. That's where the next ver- version of the game is going to be. It's going to be a virtual reality game that you can play on networks, and it's going to be a metaverse. Um, the metaverse, hmm. the whole metaverse platform now is just the new genre. Um, the biggest thing was when Travis Scott did Fortnite in April. That that shook the whole gaming industry. That shook the whole music industry. That was the first time. You had a rapper in a game, and I think he had, I think they had over 10 million views for that particular game. Wow. Yeah, so the gaming industry saw, hey, if I put rappers into the game, it has a bigger draw. And the rap 
industry saw, hey, if we provide soundtracks for these games, these kids are eating it up. And that was the sweet spot. And I think that's where everyone is driving towards now. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been working with some artists to get them into the virtual world and either get them on live screen or get the motion capture suit so we could have an avatar for them within the game. But that is kind of the next plateau because, you know, artists right now, they can't go out and perform, so they have to do it in some kind of medium. And right now it's really been uh, on the video camera, but when you give them a three-dimensional space to work out with and, and interact with their audiences, it becomes a whole different level of entertainment. True, very true. What are some of the positives and negatives of when you started your own business? Um, Well, the positive is um, it gave me a great sense of empowerment. Um, It gave me a way to do something without having to depend on someone or have a handout. Um, Mm, The hardest part of this is that no one believed I could do it until I did it. No one believed in the dream. Nobody saw what I saw until I actually did it. And then folks wanted to, hey, you did? Yeah, I did. And I told you I was going to do it. <laughs> and I just had the persistence and, you know, to do it. And, you know, I, I mean, it's funny when you, when you're, when even your own family does, doesn't right. really get what you're doing until they right. see, oh, right. you must have did something great. Um, but that is, you know, that that's the success and failure of, you know, having your own business and starting your own thing. Mhm. And and you've succeeded very well with it. What or who some of your more notable entertainment projects? I know you just spoke of the one, but what else did you do? Um, in terms, well, let's see. Um, back in what is this? Twenty twenty. Back in. T- 2016, 2016, um, I did a project for Boost Mobile, uh, Boost mm-hmm. Mobile Where You're At. And if you go to BoostMobileWhereYou'reAt.com, um, there's a VR. We did a virtual reality commercial. I did one of the first virtual reality commercials with Boost Mobile. Um, that mm-hmm. particular installation actually went to Chicago for VR Boost, but I got to work with, I think it was, I've got to work with like 70 different creative artists in totally different genres. I got to work with surfers. I got to work with uh, motocross guys. I got to work with a big band. Um, I got to work with rap artists like uh, Designer. He was hot back then. Um, I forgot the other guy I was working with, but he was from the uh, the Ghetto Boys. Um, But yeah, I got to work with one of the Mm -hmm. Ghetto Boys, the Designer. Um, I've been doing stuff with uh, folks over in Germany, um, and then I'm I'm a music producer myself, so I've been mm-hmm. able to bring in several people who have helped me um, put the music and soundtracks to the games. Um, we've also been looking into doing educational stuff, so I've been a- been able to work with different educational uh, artists. Um, but I've worked with uh, so many different musical and talented artists in the way of doing this. It's 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 been an, a great pleasure and honor. Um, I've worked with um, a friend named Harold, excuse me, Herman Jackson. He is the basically he's the band director for The Voice, and he's Stevie hmm. Wonder's uh, band director. So when I get to work with great talents like that, 
Um, I worked with uh, George Clinton on a couple of things. He's, he was very awesome. Um, I've worked with different artists, um, cre- um, excuse me, um, visual artists such as, um, um, I forgot my friend's name, but uh, David Perrin, he's a um, cartoonist with Marvel. Um, Arvell Jones, he was one of the first black cartoonists for DC and Marvel, and they have been mm-hmm. really instrumental in mentoring me in the creative process, the business process, um, but also, you know, they, they've been invaluable on, on a couple of different levels, but I've, I've worked with a lot of different folks. Um, the last person that we have been talking to was Cardi B, um, but I'll leave that under the wraps, and we'll, um, hopefully you'll see her in a game in a couple of months. A couple of months? Okay. Uh, what is the best advice for those who want to use your services? Uh, give me a call. Uh, go to www.funkintechlabs and uh, just drop me a note, um, and I'll be happy to talk what games they want to do. If they want to do some AR, VR stuff and put them on a stage, uh, VR stage with other artists, um, that, that's my specialty. Um, I could say that I, I've had a great career of doing things first or being the first to do things. And I I don't shy away from the bleeding edge of technology. Um, I like to use technology to see how far I can push it. And one of like one of the pieces I did was uh, shoot my truck for um, Sony PlayStation's Twisted Metal. Um, they actually let me hook up automatic or well basically robot machine guns. I, they they let me hook up some robot machine guns. I took a, um, we got a um, shooting range in uh, Las, Las Vegas because you can shoot uh, sh- machine guns out there. But basically I, I set three machine guns out there um, and I let people fire at the firing range from a Facebook interface. That has never been done before. Um, and the game ended up getting 2.5 million hits in three hours. Wow. That's history. Wow. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, I, I like to, I like doing challenging things, game things. I like to make people think differently about um, how they approach having fun. Where would you like to see Funkin' Tech Labs in the future? Um, well, we, I kind of have a very big dream, I guess, for Funkin' Tech Labs. Um, I kind of see or envision myself or kind of model myself after Walt Disney. Um, I consider Walt Disney to be one of the greatest uh, inventors, entertainers that this world has ever produced. Um, And he had a vision. He had a a very concentrated, you know, focused vision that got him there. And if you look at his business model, it's all about Mm -hmm. taking something, reproducing it, and, you know, Time, time and time iterative. I mean, Mickey Mouse has been around over 100 years, and his story has not gotten old, and he's introduced to new kids every year. I want to have that kind of brand. I want to have that type of company. I like to have those types of stories told, um, and I'd like to give that type of – I'd like to give that type of entertainment and joy to the world. Um, so I know right now I'm doing mobile games 
Um, the next phase of what we're doing will be network platform games so that everybody in the world can play. From there, we'll, um, we'll go into VR. Um, I believe that, you know, <clears throat> Disney, and again, I'll, I'll say this about technology. Technology is the great equalizer. Um, you, can, you can fall a giant if you know how to use technology. Ask David. Okay, um, mm-hmm. if you know how to use that stone and throw it at the right place, you can knock them down. <laughs> um, that's the way I've always been. I've never been afraid of a of, of I've never been afraid of a big person or a big challenge. Um, I've never mm-hmm. been afraid of a big dream. I will always chase that. And I feel if Walt Disney could build the type of brand that could entertain children all over the world. I can build the same thing for black children and they can enjoy their, their stories and they can have their take part and they can be empowered and feel like, just like me, they can take on the world and do anything. We were talking a little bit about the history of video games. Where do you see it in the future? Um, I see video games really, how can I say this? Video games are going to take on a whole new realm once they go into the VR space um, because um, if you look at some of the, um, let's say, the the gaming movies, um, we see a future where there's going to be folks that are packed. I mean, basically, you're not going to have the same types of enjoyments or necessities. So these play consoles, these VR spaces are the ones that are going to take the place of entertainment. That's kind of where I see it. Um, Like, for instance, right now, um, I'm doing some experiments with virtual reality, um, dealing with trauma patients. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll explain a little bit more about that. Um, Games can be used to play out roles and scenarios. Um, so if you are in a VR situation and you're immersed in the game, at that point you can introduce different scenarios. Um, and I'll, I'll just give you an offline example. Uh, for instance, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, they train mm-hmm. their employees in the back office through a game of, you know, put here and time this and what temperature is that and all that. So they get better at that kitchen over time because they're playing that mm-hmm. game. Well, Mm -hmm. the same thing can be done with trauma, um, abuse, violence, things like that. A lot of our children are from dysfunctional families. A lot of our children go go through abuse and and violence, and they never really address it. So when they get out into society, um, they do the wrong things. They can't cope because they haven't really figured out how to master those situations, how to get over it past it. So we use virtual reality to put those people in those same situations so that they could play mm-hmm. out things and see, work through what was the best thing or work through their trauma, work through their frustration, work through their, their pain. Um, that's mm-hmm. where the, it really comes in because if you can help a person change for the better, if you can help a person who is dysfunctional find their way back to function, um, that is mm-hmm. more valuable than just a game. And that's where games really take off and are really valuable for society. That's fascinating. That's taken, like, art therapy. They used to use it to a whole new level using the, the virtual game. 
front. Do you have any upcoming events or productions coming up? Um, well, uh, the game, um, Detroit Techno DJ Battle, will be out this week in the Play Store and also in the Apple Store. So we'll have that releasing this week for Christmas. Um, right now it's going to go out for $4.99 uh, just because we're kind of using it as a fundraiser for the company Funkin' Tech. So what mm-hmm. we're trying to do is get enough people out there to fundraise uh, and we're going to use that one for the network platform. Um, the other thing about the game that I'm putting out now is each month, it's a subscription type of game, so each month you will get a new music artist for that game, and it will have mm-hmm. music tracks for that game. Um, I'm doing that now because I'm kind of doing a beta test for music distribution. Um, I don't know if you know much about the music industry, a lot of people mm-hmm. out there, basically, music artists do not get paid off their music anymore. They just don't. Right. Um, music is mm-hmm. more of a commodity. It's a throwaway thing, and then they get paid off of branding, branding their clothes mm-hmm. or sponsorship or whoever. Well, the reason why they don't get paid is no one pays for those songs anymore. What you'll find in the economy, the the um, the ecosphere of the gaming industry is those people are fiercely loyal, and the whole thing about the gaming community is they trade. They trade, uh, and I'll, I'll get into another technology, bitcoins, bitcoin technology, and microtransactions, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it might be hard for someone to download a, you know, rap, a rap song for, you know, 2 or $3 because most kids be like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to rip it off here. But mm-hmm. when you put it into a game space and you have people sharing different rap tracks, sharing different music, and then the transactions are so small they never really think about them because right now they trade, you know, if they're in a, let's say they're in a shooting game, an RPG game, they'll trade guns with each other. They'll trade boots mm-hmm. with each other and all those other kind of, you know, war assets. And, but it costs them. Every time they buy a new weapon, every time they buy a new car, a new gun, a new hat, a new suit, it costs them money. And they are willing mm-hmm. to pay that. Well, what I'm saying is if they're willing to pay for some digital assets, probably going to pay for some really good digital soundtracks too. And if I can say, mm-hmm. hey, I have an exclusive digital soundtrack for 50 cents, and I give that to one person on the, the, the network and someone else hears it. Hey, where did you get that track from? Oh, this is a 50-cent, you know, new soundtrack. I'll, I'll send it to you for, you know, 001 micro, you know, bits. Okay. Well, if that happens over, let's say, 10,000 times that day, we mm-hmm. just made $100 off of that song that day. And $100 a day is, is, is good profit. Now, if I can do that for right. one artist and I can do that for all artists, then I mm-hmm. think Atlantic Records might want to talk to me. So that's where I'm going. <laughs> there you go. There are so many opportunities coming up in technology, especially uh, in, the, in the video technology as well. So what is next for Scotland, the man, Rucker? Um, For me, it's about... Um, learning how to be be a better CEO um, because mm-hmm. just because you can do something once through a Herculean effort 
doesn't mean you can duplicate that success. And you have to be, as a CEO, you have to be able to duplicate your success uh, in order to take your company forward. Um, for me, it's about, you know, like you said, learning to be a better leader, to be a better husband, to be a better father, and to be a, you know, a, a better contributor um, to the community. I, I feel that uh, I'm a very lucky and fortunate person. Um, i came out of the inner city and I just had a, a serious desire not to stay there no more. Um, so mm-hmm. I learned and I, I, I knew that books and education was the way out. And I just want to instill that in other children that through, um, in, through technology, through education, through learning that you can, you know, you, you can be better. I, I make, I want to make sure that I leave something for the next generation to do better with. Um, one of the initiatives that we have is a hackathon that we do twice a year. I do a hackathon with some kids in Compton, and we have another set of hackathons um, kids in Oakland. What we do is during the summer, we'll have a challenge between the kids in Compton and the kids in Oakland to build a app that they feel can make money. And that's hmm. what we do during the summer. They come up with great apps, and we show them how to be business people and how to grow. I feel if I pollinate my community, that my community will support me later on, and that, that's, that's what Scott Rucker is all about. Incredible. Uh, You have been an incredible wealth of information, and we would like to thank you for being on the show. And we know that you and Funkin' Lab Tech Labs will be a great success. Thank you, and I appreciate you having me on the show. You've been listening to our 2020 Business of Entertainment gaming series on Blog Talk Radio's Enterprise. For more information, you can check us out on Twitter and Facebook. You're listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Erica Collins.